Hi, and welcome to Finance Matters, a podcast brought to you by UVA Finance, UVA's trusted financial partner. Finance Matters is a podcast series where we bring you bite-sized thoughts, stories, and inspiration in the hopes they'll be useful to you on this road we're all on to do our best and be our best in the realm of financial matters here at UVA. I'm your host, Brandy Van Ormer, here today with my co-host, Patty Marbury. (laughs) Hey, Patty. Hey. And we are continuing our discussion of speed of trust. And as we promised, um, we're moving on to the third wave, which is organizational trust. We established those trust-building tools that folks can have in their tool belt, their trust tool belt. (laughs) In our last couple of podcasts, those were the four cores of credibility. Which are... (laughs) Oh, don't, man. You know I have the worst Integrity, intent. Integrity, intent, capabilities, and results. Right. Bam. (laughs) Two out of four ain't bad. And the 13 behaviors, which are? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Talk straight, demonstrate. No. (laughs) If you you haven't already listened to self-trust, the first wave of trust, and the the, the second wave of trust and the 13 behaviors. Go back and listen to those before this one. Otherwise, a lot of the things that we're referring to in this podcast will be kind of foreign. So we've talked about those things, and now we're moving forward in the ripple, the waves Mm -hmm. um, of trust to talk about how we can use those tools to do some really great things within an organization um, Mm -hmm. to increase speed, lower cost, create value, establish trust, and generally just make you and the organization and your colleagues work a whole lot more effectively. Uh-huh. So yeah. let's talk about that. Yeah. That sounds good. So when he talks about um, trust, uh, organizational trust, he talks about this key principle of alignment. And, when, and what he means by that is creating um, systems and a culture that decreases or eliminates what he talks about as the most costly organizational trust taxes yeah, let's, and creates and yeah create, and then create organization trust dividends yeah I would like I think it might be fun to start talking about those things yeah that way folks know what's at stake yeah um, because the trust taxes if you think about what happens in a low trust organization it's things like redundancy uh-huh. bureaucracy. Right. Politics, mm-hmm. disengagement, turnover, churn, fraud. <laughs> Those right. don't sound that great. Right. <laughs> Not like a place where you would want to work, like right. a, a place that the culture was um, in, inspiring or energizing mm-hmm. or that you could even really get anything done. Right. And so in this whole chapter, he talks about these, um, what what he calls organizational symbols and and whether or not they um, help you build an organization that is a high trust or an organization that is low trust. And so I think it might be helpful to, to talk a little bit about what he means by symbols. And so those are those things that represent and communicate the organizational's values and beliefs. And, a couple, and they can be positive or ne- negative symbols. Um, they can be tangible objects. They can be processes, procedures, those kinds of things. Um, even stories that have been told about the organization in the past. Um, But ultimately, these things become images or representations of what is good or bad about an organization, what is right or wrong. And um, 
why an employee would want to be in that organization or not be in that organization. And he gave a couple of examples, and so, which I think are really helpful to see what he means by symbols. One was um, an example at Hewlett Packard, <laughs> where they had a storeroom um, w that was open and accessible with bins of tools and things like that, that anybody could go in and get what they need to do their job. And so one day, the, um, I guess it was the- Co-founder, I think. Co-founder went and they were locked. The storeroom and the bins were locked up. And he unlocked them and put a sign on them. I'm probably not gonna tell the story exactly right, but he put, um, he unlocked them and put a sign up that said, HP trusts employees. And so that the whole having them unlocked was a symbol of the trust that the organization had in its employees. Um, locking them was also a symbol. Yeah, it was a symbol that we think but you're going to steal stuff, you right. dirty stealer. And so <laughs> that's an example of they can be negative or, be, or positive, um, but it's a sim that was a symbol of the trust that that organization had in its employees. Um, Another example he has is Nordstrom's employee handbook. I love this one. This is a yeah. Good one. I, at first, I wasn't sure I believe it, but they have one rule, which is um, yeah. The employee handbook just says "Welcome to Nordstrom," and then one rule is what is it? Use good judgment in all situations. Use good judgment in all situations. Please, please feel free to ask your department manager, store manager, or human resources if you have a question at any time. But right. the, the rule use is... Use good judgment. Use good judgment. That's a lot of trust. Yeah. And so... When a lot of employee handbooks are thick tomes full of yeah. dress regulations and processes right. and all kinds of stuff. And so the, those things, the locked storage bins or the unlocked storage bins, the, um, the handbook, those are symbols of trust. And so he challenges us all, as we're reading the book, to think about the symbols in our own organization. I've thought about that um, because in some organizations I've been through, been part of, um, even when I was no longer a, early on in my career, when I was no longer at, like an hourly employee. Right, timekeeping is a to, big one. Yeah. We still had to punch in and punch out. We had yeah. a time clock. Um, I've heard horror stories uh, from colleagues who in the past have worked places where they had to write down what they were doing in like, sometimes up to like 15 minute in increments. Uh-huh. Right. Crazy. Yeah. And then on the positive side, things like work from home. Yeah. Are, uh, trust builder. Yeah. Um, so things like that. So, and, and it's not just timekeeping and working from home and locked storage bins and employee um, handbooks Micromanagement. And like that. But yeah, micromanagement is a, is a symbol of low trust of low trust and so he starts the chapter of this book kind of talking about those symbols to to get you thinking about yeah what are those things in my organization that do symbolize that that there's either low trust or high trust and so he challenges us to think about those things and then he dives into the um the seven low trust taxes yeah that we mentioned and the seven high trust dividends and obviously, you want to increase those um, dividends and decrease the trust. So we talked about the, the low trust taxes, the mm -hmm. redundancy, the turnover, the churn, the fraud. Yeah. <laughs> the high trust dividends are inspiring. They're things mm -hmm. like increased value, accelerated growth, enhanced innovation, improved collaboration, stronger yeah. partnering, better execution, and heightened loyalty. Yeah. All of those positive, desirable things. Right. 
it's easy to see which one you'd want out of your organization. Yeah. And and so, but but you have to do both. You really have to look at what are those tr- low trust taxes. Yeah. Um, and think about how to avoid them and, mm-hmm. and what kind of symbols in your organization do you want to create that will, n- you know, not be symbols of low trust and um, those that you want to create that will be symbols of high trust. Let's pause for a second before we dive into the thing, the cores and the, the behaviors and talk about what we mean when we say organization because probably there are a few people in our listening audience who are organizational leaders at some kind of top level. Yeah. I mean, great if you are, high VPs. <laughs> but if, if you are not, if you're, or if you're a manager, or if you're not, if you're a team leader, or if you're not, um, thinking about things at the organizational level is still appropriate. Mm-hmm. Because in some, whatever way it is, um, your family can be yeah. an organization, your pod of colleagues can mm-hmm. be your organization, um, your team, your mm-hmm. department, etc. So we're not addressing things necessarily to just traditional leadership when we talk right. about how you influence your organization. Right. This is all of us. So, I mean, even, even if you think about the organ- family as an organization, what symbols and things do you have in your family? Um, do you, you know, things like I have a low, <laughs> this is stupid, this is my symbol of low trust. Mm-hmm. When my kids um, say that they washed their hands for dinner, I have really scented soap in the downstairs bathroom. So you smell them? So I smell their hands. I remember <laughs> doing that when my kids were little. <laughs> I do yeah. not smell enough fresh melon. Go try again. <laughs> what is it about kids and washing their hands? No, it takes too much like time. To do it. No. Um, but, um, yeah, that's... That's an example. Curfews, things like that. Not yeah. saying that you don't. No, them, no. But, but they are symbols of either, of trust. Right. Symbols of. Uh, and and it may be in those cases that you're right not to extend certain amounts of sure. trust. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're not saying that something's wrong if you have a hard and fast rule on any of these things. Yeah. But they're all things that you have to weigh out, right? And think about those yeah. symbols. Yeah. Bank yeah. accounts, stuff yeah. like that. You exactly. Know. So, um, but. Yeah, so I, I think that um, the whole, I think it's really great to think about what is, when you're thinking about organization as you listen to these podcasts or read the book or whatever, that you identify that it's not, that it could be multiple things. Right. It could be, and you don't have to think about it from just one of those organizational viewpoints. Um, but also, it, it, by you saying that made me think about the fact that it really is important to think about self first mm-hmm. and then relationship next right. and then organization next. Yep. Because you can't dive just into organization and think about, okay, what are all those things in my organization that we need to fix? Organizations are made up of people more. who are right. in relationship to one another. Because, <laughs> right, because yeah. if you haven't addressed your own stuff mm-hmm. first, you, you can't participate in addressing the organization or if you do it you run the risk of being some of those uh to of displaying some of those fake behaviors fake behaviors or being a hypocrite yeah so um so anyway just that's just a kind of caution to to don't jump over the whole self piece or the relationship 
piece and dive into organization without kind of addressing those first, um, or at least understanding first. Well, let's dive into them now. Let's think okay. about the, the four cores of credibility as they apply to organizations. Yeah. Some things that we should think about. Yeah. So when we think about integrity, the first of the four cores, um, how to, how, what should we be looking for in our organization? What are we in thinking about? In an organization, about? you want to be looking for things like um, what, what are our values and beliefs? What do we stand for? What is our mission? Right. Vision. Those kinds of things. And, and then culture, just like, do we have a culture of honesty, a culture of humility? Yeah. Do we have structures and processes, systems that reflect respect and trust? So going back to the, some of those symbols, um, do we listen to each other? Are we really open to other, each other's ideas? Um, I like the one of the things he says is about admitting and allowing people to make mistakes yep um that's uh one of the high trust um dividends is actually allowing people to um be innovative and you can only allow innovation if you're willing to let people make mistakes and learn from them and so i love that that one of the ways of knowing if your organization has integrity is do we allow for that? Do we let people make mistakes and learn from them? Or are we disciplining people for mistakes? <laughs> um, do we have courage to engage tough issues? That's a big one. Yeah. And it's it's really interesting, you know, you think about organizations having character, mm-hmm. but that's what we're talking about here with integrity and intent. Yeah, right. So, so, so integrity is one of the things I think you, you look back on and think, remember the cor- looking back on the four cores of credibility that he talks about and that you want your organization, not only your leaders within, but your organization as a whole to have integrity and then um, intent. And by intent, we we think about things like, do we have a culture that shows that we care for each other? Um, do our people really care about their work, and do they show that? Do we care about who our customers are? Do we really want genuinely want everyone to win? Yeah, they are. Do we really act like we're all on the same team working toward the a shared goals. goal? Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Right, do we collaborate well? Do we have systems of cooperation? Or are we competitive with each other? Other than our yearly holiday competition that we have. (laughs) (laughs) When it Um, comes to gingerbread houses, all the teamwork (laughs) is off. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, excuse me. That's what we mean by integrity and intent are those kinds of things, those kinds of questions. Before we, before we move on into capabilities and results, what do we do, these two matters of character then, what do we do when, um, if we assess our organization and find that we have room for improvement? What are some things we can do? Around these yeah. things, integrity and intent? Yeah. Um, I think that you can look at individually what are the the processes that, or systems or structures or symbols, as he Mm -hmm. calls them, what are those that are causing you to have 
a lack of whatever that is, um, and then address those issues. Put I, things in place that make it so that there right. is, um, that you're identifying those issues and addressing that particular thing. And back to those symbols, it can be really small things, like mm-hmm. new things that you wouldn't think about. Like Covey in the book mentions that um, with leaders or people who are visible, if they're not keeping small commitments, that right. that's one thing that everybody notices and it contributes to the integrity and intent. The, right. Well, the integrity especially, that you're not treating internal commitments lightly right. or that you are treating them lightly. Um, so, yeah. yeah so, or, so things like make sure that you are um, over, I was going to say it wrong, um, under-promising and over-delivering. You yeah. want to do that. You want to make sure that what you're promising, you're going to be able to deliver when you say you're going to do it. And so things like that. So if, if as, a, as an organization, if you have examples of, or think back on things that have happened that have been, um, you know, mis- mistakes or have, maybe haven't rolled out the way you wanted them to, think about why that is. Is it because, let's just use, for example, um, some kind of a system. Uh, I'm not going to say anything in particular because I don't want to. Yeah, to anyone to right. think that we're they, talking about that. <laughs> right. But if you have something that isn't ready. Yeah. Um, just say so. Yeah. Instead of rolling out things that are ready, aren't ready. You know, so so make sure that things are that you're uh, making and keeping commitments. Mm-hmm. But we said this in the last time. If say you're going to miss a deadline, mm-hmm. or that you've said something's you know going to be implemented by um, the end of March. By the end of March, and it's the end of March, and it's not ready. Say it. Yeah. It's better that that than going out and putting things out that aren't ready just because you said that they would be. And then with intent, I think about, you know, genuinely wanting everyone to win and competition and cooperation. Yeah. You can show that you value cooperation by rewarding that. Right. And making that evident that teams and people who do this um, right. are held up as a great example. Well, and, and that we could have um, processes in place by which people can recognize right. teams. I'm yep. not sure that in finance, I'm not sure that we're yet doing a really good job of that. Um, not that people haven't been working hard to create um, some kind of a uh, structure or system to do that, but you know, we, we haven't gotten there yet. And so we can do better. And we can, you can always do better. Mm-hmm. So you want to think about some capabilities? Yeah. The, the next set of uh, cores? Yeah, so when we, th- when we think about capabilities um do we have the talent remember he had used that acronym tasks oh right right right. which are um talents attitudes skills knowledge and style i wanted you to ask me because i oh you knew it no i just had the book open to the right spot (laughs) (laughs) i have bad intent (laughs) y'all um but do we have the right people he he talks about it um as being not only the right people, but the right people in the right seats on the bus. Right. So, um, you may have somebody with a hidden treasure trove of talent and will to do a certain thing, and they're stuck behind a desk doing something else completely different. Yeah. So, really taking the time to know your people and their skills and their right desires. 
so so are we able to attract those people that have the right talents, attitude, mm -hmm. skills, knowledge, and style? Um, are we hiring those people, and are they in the right in jobs? the right places? Yeah, and so. Um, so, th so that's one of the things he talks about with when he talks about capabilities, um, and then are also, do we have a culture that um, rewards continuous improvement and innovation? Again, back to, mm -hmm. do we allow people to be creative, yep. make mistakes, and take are risks? we if if we need to, are we reinventing ourselves or transforming? Yeah. <laughs> if you're outside of uh, UVA, we're undergoing here in finance a project called Finance Strategic Transformation. Yeah. And we are definitely reinventing. We're looking at ways to reinvent ourselves to mm -hmm. better produce what yeah. we need to produce and to make sure the right people are in the right seats of the bus. Right. I think we're doing a really good job with this, um, with this piece of it. Um, we are, we have a continuous improvement team that's looking mm -hmm. at ways to... Um, do things more efficiently and constantly looking at ways to to make things better um, I think we do a pretty good job of getting the right people in the door yep um, in hiring as I, I write for the UVA finance blog and that means I get to interview all of our new hires and I'm constantly impressed by the people we bring in mm -hmm. really cool people who have mm -hmm. diverse skill sets and yeah ready to do great things yeah so um, so capabilities is another thing that you want to look at in your organization how about results the, the uh, last of those cores so yeah that, that I was kind of getting at that earlier um, where you want to under promise and over deliver on results um, do we you want to look at your organization and determine whether or not you do deliver on your promises. Um, yeah, can people rely on us when we say, well, we, when we've made a commitment, will we fulfill it? Mm -hmm. Will we create value that they need? Yeah. Do, are people confident in what we deliver as being accurate on time? Yeah. Um, What's our track record like? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, if we don't have if you if you're putting your organizational hat on out there and thinking about these things if you're looking for ways to improve how are we to improve capabilities and results mm -hmm. i think you already hit on one which is that d the being careful about what you commit to and how you deliver on that mm -hmm. you know making commitments over promise under or don't over promise right. under deliver <laughs> um make sure that you do have the right people in the right seats on the bus that you yeah. have training available right that's another thing i think that we're we've done well and we're doing increasingly well at yeah we have a fabulous training department oh yeah we sure do patty heads that up <laughs> <laughs> but um it's just interesting like the things that we've added to the mix with that just to kind of get that professional develop and personal development cranky i mean this podcast is an example mm -hmm of another channel that we started using for that. Mm -hmm. So, And I will say, you know, you, you mentioned the training team. Um, I think we do inspire trust in, in folks because, and it's evident to me when, you know, our trainers get lots of questions from mm -hmm. people about how to do things. They get repeated people calling back again. Jack because guess is what? super Jack, popular. Jack, <laughs> hey, hey, Jack. Um, but, um, but all of them actually are so responsive to folks right. and 
you know, on the bad side, you could say, well, they're so responsive and then therefore they get more work because people are calling them, but they trust them. They've, and they have inspired trust in By our having a great track record and delivering right. results. Right. So, so it's, it's ultimately a good thing. Now, there are ways that we can look at that and be more efficient about it, right. and, and we're going to do that, but, but um, it's really, I'm, I'm proud of the work that they do, and everybody here in finance. Absolutely. I mean, we just went, underwent the you first um, implementation of Workday and our payroll team. Uh, a lot of things that they had to go through yes but ultimately deliver on what they say they're going to do and that was a massive commitment because by the time the rubber met the road it was mm-hmm. the holiday season and mm-hmm. these were people who like grabbed some thanksgiving dinner and got back to work right <laughs> bless their hearts if they even were <laughs> able to do that yeah but yeah um really hard working people that want to do the right thing um meet all of the things that we've been talking about with the the the, uh, four cores of credibility and um, promising on what they say they're going to do. So proud of them too. So after you take a look at the four cores, I think if you're you're ready, let's maybe consider the degree to which organizational cultural culture um, encourages and shows the 13 behaviors. Uh Um, We just talked about those in our previous podcast, so we won't go into super hairy detail um but if you want to refer back to the show notes of the last Mm -hmm. podcast or maybe i'll just post it again in this one yeah um that'd be nice of me (laughs) um that where we really list out and detail those 13 behaviors and consider those with your organizational hat on Uh how are we doing on those things yeah things like talking straight not spinning, yeah. Um, demonstrating respect, being transparent—that has been a huge one for. Mm-hmm. I mean, just not to make it too finance focused in this one, but hey, that's where we're working, so that's where we draw a lot of our examples. Yeah. But as a communicator too, I have learned to think more focused about transparency because it's one of those things that you can think that you are transparent. Mm-hmm. You can think that you are saying what needs to be said, but it's all about the expectations and what people are perceiving. Yeah. So when you think about that one, I would just say, again, think about it in terms of what what you feel like your stakeholders uh-huh. are seeing from you and what they right. feel about how yeah. transparent you mm-hmm. are. Um, writing wrongs. Right. Showing loyalty. Mm-hmm. You take one. Um, so they don't have to listen to me drone on. <laughs> <laughs> Delivering results, we talked about that. Yep. Um, getting better. Getting better. That is. Uh, Those are so intertwined. Right. Definitely. Um, confronting reality. Clarifying expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, at an organizational level. If your teams are chugging away, doing great things, but it's not aligned with what upper management is being tasked with. Right. That's a definite problem mm-hmm. uh, that can, can can create a horrible problem in trust. Yeah. Accountability is yeah. another one. Yeah. So um, remember taking account taking into account um, 
when you've done something really well and taken responsibility for that, but then also taking responsibility and being accountable for things when they don't go so well. Absolutely. Back to listening first. Mm-hmm. That's another one of the 13 behaviors. Yep. Um, organizationally, I think about how, like you talked about a system implementation. That's a good example. Yeah. If you're, you're going to, you make a great a choice that, hey, we're going to do this a new way. And here we go. Yeah. And if you just make the decision that you know what people you serve want and you push it out, you could create a real problem in trust if that's not what they what will really help them, mm-hmm. what not what they see as an answer uh-huh. to their issues. Yeah. Um, also keeping commitments. And then going full circle back to the where we started, extending trust. Yeah. 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 Like showing people that you, your people that you do trust them to do the right thing. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. So these, having um, strength in those cores and examining the 13 behaviors and making some good choices based on what you find when you look at those things, you could take your organization from one that pays a lot of taxes mm-hmm. to one that reaps some dividends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things he talks a little bit about in the in the toward the end of this chapter in the book is he talks about how your organization's strategy can be better executed if you have high trust, and that seems like an obvious thing, right? Um, but he says high trust won't necessarily re- rescue a low uh, lousy strategy, but low trust will almost right. always derail a good one. Yeah. And so when you think about your organization as a whole and what your mission is and mm-hmm. what your vision is and what you want to accomplish over time and and as we're embarking on a time of transformation if we want that to go well mm-hmm. that trust and I think that's one of the reasons why our leadership in finance um, why we decided this book was the, the book to read is that we want to be able to establish that high trust organizationally yeah. as we start this process of transformation. Well, and it's so true. The first time I read this book, I actually listened to it um, on Audible. At one and a half speed. Shut up. <laughs> I did listen to it on one and a half speed. The thing about Stephen M. R. Covey is that he reads really slowly and really, like, reads really, like, kind of like Captain Kirk. He's very William Shatner in his narration of the book. And ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I put in a little fast forward. But I remember the exact spot when I was driving um, to work one morning listening to this, when he said this, and I remember thinking, dude, that is so true, mm-hmm. um, that if you have a high trust organization with the good intent, with the mm-hmm. you know, the transparency and all these wonderful things that we're talking yep. about, you may have a lousy business strategy, mm-hmm. but you'll still be way more successful than if you have all the right things on paper and a bunch of people... Um, who are laboring in a low trust environment, who right. are, you know, they're in a political bureaucracy and feeling unappreciated and disengaged mm-hmm. and there's constant turnover and all these things. Uh-huh. Are, you know, you're fighting, a, you're fighting a losing battle right. in a low trust organization. Right. Yep. So glad we're thinking about these things. Um, we're heading into wave five. Is mm-hmm. it wave five next time we get together? Yeah. No, no. Is it wave four? It's wave four. I think we're going to talk about wave four, which is society, uh, market trust, sorry, and wave five, which is societal trust, trust. That's together yep. and kind of wrap things up Got with it. those two. Okay. Well, cool. So 
we've covered a lot of ground today with organizational trust. Anything mm-hmm. else that we think we need to cover? Yeah, I mean, I think I would just say, just in general, you've gotten to this point, and, and we've talked a lot about the, the fundamentals of the speed of trust um, with the four cores of credibility and the 13 behaviors. And the, the, the thing to do is, is to kind of put, as you're thinking about organizationally, again, you've looked at yourself already and you've looked at how you are in relationships, but then go back and look at those same things with your organizational hat on. Yes. And so, um, so what we've talked about today may sound like we repeated some of the things that we've talked about before, and we have. Yeah, but, but you're taking it out of that realm of yourself mm-hmm. and expanding it. Right. Yeah. And so, and the only way to expand it and think about the organization is to think about what are those things in your organization that are creating trust, and which of those are making it, you know, so that you're. Um, I don't want to say destroying trust, but but making making, making trust withdrawals. <laughs> yeah, making trust withdrawals in in your organization. So um, so that's that's really I think the the whole gist of this conversation is to really think about the organization as a whole and and how are you you know what are you doing that's increasing trust and what are you doing that's decreasing it. All right. Well, until next time when waves four and five wash over us, uh, thanks for joining us for Finance Matters and coming along for the Speed of Trust ride. You can read more about what we're up to on the blog at uvafinance.blogspot.com. And as always, if you know somebody or something that we need to be talking about or talking to, let Patty or myself know. You can email us directly or tweet us at uva underscore finance. That's all for now. Until next time, do good work because what you're doing matters. I always feel like you should join in with me. I should. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Maybe.